0: To an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress.
1: I can't say. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. shift shifted a little bit. Praise is what the saints of God should do. It's what we want to do. It's what we come to do. It's what we do all the time. Father, we thank you for praise. Thank you for the privilege of being your children we're your children and because we're your children, you've planted something on the inside that will cry out crying out this morning for love and mercy and peace and goodness we're thanking you for all things that we have received we know where it has come from thank you for the privilege of worship instantaneous just outbreaks of praise, not necessarily things that were planned, just a move of your spirit. Thank you for being in the house today. Now, Lord, as you speak to us, speak to us so clear, speak to us so deep, let none of us escape, change us, cause our lives to be different as a result of the conviction that comes from your word. Bless now the word in our mouth and the meditation on our heart, that it may be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We ask it now in the name of your son Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you give God a hand clap praise this time. Yeah, yeah. The word of the Lord comes today continually from the book of 1st Thessalonians. We've been there the last couple of weeks. 1st Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're looking at those verses as they have been laid out to us one at a time. The first one had only two words in it. Rejoice evermore. And then we talked last time, pray without ceasing. This morning, verse 18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Four words today, giving thanks in everything giving thanks in everything Paul here makes it very clear that in everything in everything not necessarily for everything but in everything give thanks to God now that's a that's a tall order but what Paul is saying very clearly, very direct, that in in everything, give God thanks. Thank him for everything. There, There are no exceptions. There are no excuses. There is nothing outside of these parameters. When he says everything, he says everything. I question that. I, I say, you mean ugly things? Ugly things. You mean difficult things? Difficult things. You mean unpleasant things? Unpleasant things. Everything that's with the exception of some sinful activity, you give God thanks. Are you hearing that? And, 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 and it comes right, right out of this little, little, little Greek phrase, in parte.'" And it it just simply means in connection with life, in connection with life, everything in life, we can give God thanks. No matter what happens, no matter when it happens, no matter how it happens, we can give God thanks. And no matter what, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what. What the situation is, no matter what the viciss- vicissitudes are, no matter what the test is, no matter what the strain is, no matter what the stress is, no matter what the heartbreak is, in all things, give thanks. And, 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 and that becomes the, the hallmark for believers. Because when we, when we look at the contrast of Christian behavior that is challenged to give thanks in all things, we find the other side of it is where unbelief is. On the side of belief, thanksgiving is the very essence of Christian living. Thanksgiving is a Christian attitude. No thanks or unthankfulness is the mindset of an unregenerated heart. A heart that has not been changed, a heart that has not been touched by God, cannot and will not give thanks. Look at look at look at, look at in in the book of Romans, chapter one, for a moment there. That's, that's where it all begins. That's where it all begins. When Paul was laying out the indictments against the whole world, he said, he said these things about unbelievers. He said, when they knew God, they did not honor him as God, nor give thanks. Now, can you imagine that somebody in the world, God has revealed himself to as the maker of sun, moon, stars, trees, water, everything that you see. God reveals it and he drops it into their conscience that this was done by your creator, God. And the the result of that is when they saw that and knew that he was God they decided that they weren't going to honor him as God, nor were they going to give him thanks. Instead, what they did, they changed the glory of the eternal God into images like crawling things and and creeping things. They made false gods. They made idol gods. They made them look like birds. They made them look like golden calves. They made them look like snakes. They made them look like anything that they could see. And they said, this is our God. And when you got an attitude and a belief system like that, you can't give God thanks. Because you don't know who to thank. And as a result of that, that is what the indictment is against unbelievers. What is that indictment? An unbeliever refuses to give God thanks in everything. That's an unchristian-like attitude. And that's certainly not where we want to be. And the reason people do that is because of what they assign to what happens in life. And therefore, people fall into these categories. And the first category that people fall into is they believe that everything happens because of luck. And and if I'm the kind of person that builds and base my life on luck, then how can I give God thanks when I didn't depend on God to do it? It was just luck and there's no one to thank if it comes through luck. And then there are some people who, who fall into another category. They fall into the category of thinking that there is some inexorable force that's out here in the universe that causes things to happen. And so people end up saying things like, I thank for God for my lucky stars. Like a lucky star did it. Lucky star, pink, hard, yellow moons. Lucky charms. You can't give you can't give thanks to something you don't even know what is. You see the refusal? The third category that people tend to fall into is 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 is, is where a lot of people who have been successful in life falls. They 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 think That they control the outcomes of their life. And and, and good stuff start happening and good stuff start happening. And they don't know how it really has happened. And later they look at themselves and they say, oh yes, I know how it happened because I did it. I thought it, I planned it, I pulled it off so I get the credit for it. They can't give God any credit for it because in their mind, God didn't do anything. It all came from me. It was my genius, my thought, my ingenuity, my ability. And consequently, all of that makes up what we have in our world. So we have a huge, unthankful world. I don't want to call nobody names. But you got men like Don. You know his name, and all there are a lot of folks who think it's all about me that I do it. And if you don't get my numbers right, then I'll call you milk toast. <laughs> it's not that at all. You can't glorify God if you think life is built based on luck. What happens? What happens when it's not lucky? Then you just a miserable wreck. People walk around, well, it's just not my lucky day, it's just not my lucky thing, and never luck never comes. And so they go through life unthankful. They go through life miserable. They go through life in a state of a mess. But that's not the character of the Christian. When a person receives Christ and is born again, immediately what floods into his life is a series of inborn, inbred, spirit-filled thanks. When we know that we were on the edge and God pulled us off. When we know we was on our way to hell and God rescued us. When we know we were on our way somewhere other than where we should be going and God snatches us out, we can't help but to say thank you. The heart is filled with thanksgiving. New people who become believers are people who are filled with thanksgiving. Oh man, but I tell you it can get crazy because Something can happen to people after they've been a believer for a while, and life can mess them up, and they lose that feeling of thanksgiving, that understanding of thanksgiving. But you can never lose it. That's what the passage is. You can never lose it if you really understand what it's all based on. What makes me a thankful person? What makes you a thankful person? What makes Christian people thankful? It's based upon, Paul's writing again, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Listen at what the verse says. It says, in all things, God works for the good of them that love him. Them that are the call according to his purpose. Look, now listen, he didn't say in some things. In only pleasant things. In only things that make you smile. In all things, God works. And if somehow you can be a believer to know that whatever happens in my life, even the ugly stuff, even the things that I don't like, things that I would not prefer, things that I would never orchestrate for myself. But if somehow or another I can believe that God knows how to pull the strings over here and pull the strings over here and go behind my back and bring all of this stuff together and somehow make it all work out for my good, then I can give him thanks in everything because I know that if I'm crying over here, he's making me cry for a reason and before long, he's going to work it out to where something good comes out of it, even for me. Even if I don't know what it is, how to explain it, or how to say it. But I just know that he's going to work it out for my good. Let me tell you something. When you live like that, Listen, can I tell you, baby, you can go through surgery when you know that on the other side of the surgery, I'm going to be better. I can go through the agony of studying the word of God and digging deep into it. If I know that on the other side of it, the outcome is going to be blessed lives. I can go through trial and tribulation if I know that on the other side of my going through, God's going to do something that's going to help somebody. You can go through anything if you can see that at the end of it, God's going to bring it right. He's going to make it right. That's how you can give thanks in everything but you got to be able to live like that. You got to be able to see that. But you know what's interesting is that there are some Christian people who can get messed up and can't see life like that. And things can make them unthankful. And so that's why the Bible warns that's why Paul is writing this. Remember who Paul writing to. He's writing to this young church, this church, Thessalonica, that has only been in existence now by now, maybe about a month. He only spent three weeks there, and this maybe be two weeks later or so, and he's writing back, and he's wanting them to know what's necessary to continue to grow as a church. And so he says, if you're going to grow as a new congregation of believers, then you've got to understand that there are relationships that's got to be in right in place. The first relationship is that the shepherd of the flock has got to have a good relationship with the sheep. Hello, No church is going to grow when there is a bad relationship between shepherd and sheep then he wants them to know that not only is that one kind of relationship but another relationship in a church is sheep has got to have a good relationship with other sheep can you imagine sheep in there man that same pen and they knocking each other around fighting and that can't that, that that won't last And then he wants them to know the third relationship, and that's what we've been talking about over these three weeks, is that there is a relationship that the sheep must have to the great shepherd, to God himself. And this is what he's speaking of. It's that relationship. When he says rejoice evermore, that's talking about the relationship with God. When he's talking about praying without ceasing, he's talking about sheep and their relationship with God. And now when he's talking about praying, I mean giving thanks in everything, he's saying this is the way sheep should relate to their chief shepherd. Sheep should trust their chief shepherd enough to know that he's going to work it out for their good. And so, no matter what happens, the sheep can give him thanks. That's the message. Now, now, why does God encourage us through that kind of work? This is not the only place that that kind of encouragement takes place, it's in many places in the scripture. Look with me just for a moment at a couple of verses here. Uh, look at 2nd, uh, uh, should I say, Colossians. Chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, establish in your faith just as you were instructed and overflow his with gratitude. Learn how to be a person who overflows with gratitude because you've been instructed in the word. He says it in that same uh, book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 15. Look what he says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And he says, And be thankful. You got to learn how to be thankful. Look at what he says in the next verse. Verse 17, two verses down. He says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks in everything. So, listen, it's also in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. You know, he said, Don't be drunk with wine. He said, But but because that's excess, but be filled with the Spirit, singing hymns and songs, singing and making melody in your hearts, and giving thanks. He says it again in the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Therefore, be anxious for nothing. But by prayer, with supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the God of peace will keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So over and over again, the Bible says to Christian people, give thanks in everything. So I want to tell you something. I want to challenge you this morning because we, we, we tend to get it backwards. We tend to measure our level of development and growth in Christianity and how much of the Holy Spirit we have by external measures. We think that if I come to church every Sunday, that I ought to tell you I'm a good Christian. People sometimes look around at other folk, and they compare themselves with other people. You know, it was a Pharisee went to the temple one day, and he looked around, and there was a sinner in there. And that Pharisee looked up, he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like this sinner. And see, we do that. We in church, we look around, God, I thank you I'm not like you. And when people point their finger and they try to judge you and they think that if they do something better than you or different than you, that that's a measure that they have more Holy Ghost than you do. But those are wrong measures. You can't measure whether or not you have the Holy Spirit because you don't smoke and because you don't drink and because you don't chew. You you might not have ever murdered nobody. You might not have ever raped anybody. You might not have ever cheated on anything. There are a whole lot of folk that can carry out the external circumstance, but inside their hearts are still rotten. So you cannot measure that. If you really want to know how much of God you got in you, ask yourself this question. Ask yourself, do I rejoice always? Ask yourself, do I pray without ceasing? Is there a natural physicitude in my life to always want to talk to God? Ask yourself, do I give Him thanks in everything? Now that'll tell you whether or not you got some God in you and how much you got. Because, see, why, why, why? Because those are not outside things, those things rejoicing. Come as a result of what the Holy Spirit produces in the heart. And joy comes out. Prayer is not something external. It's not standing up here with a microphone in front of a lot of people saying words to impress people. But when I go in my secret closet and nobody sees me, that comes out of my heart. And when I tell God, thank you in all things. That comes out of the heart. That doesn't come from external life. It comes from internal life. And so so that's why this is a better measure because it is the spring. It is where the well comes and, and it goes down deep and it pumps it up and pushes it out. And it's not something you have to fake. It's not something you have to make up. Because again, Paul said, it's God's will, it's God's good pleasure and his will to do these things in you. Right, now. So what then corrupts this spring from springing so deeply and pure with joy and prayer and thanksgiving even for believers? Yeah. Well, I got seven things I want to drop on you. To tell you what can corrupt you and cause you to be an unthankful person. Even though it's characteristic of a Christian to be thankful, you do know there are Christians that are not thankful. And the first one of these things that poison the will is called doubt. Man, doubt is a, is a nasty weapon that Satan uses. Fiery dots of the wicked. Doubt. And what does he make you doubt? He he makes you doubt whether or not God is even telling you the truth. And if you start doubting whether or not God is telling you the truth, look at what he did. This is the same trick Satan used on Eve. In the garden. Did God say that you can't have the fruit that's in the garden? Oh, girl. God just knows that you're going to be a God like He is. You're not going to die. Listen, whenever you begin to doubt whether or not God's word is the truth and whether or not God is going to work it out for your good, you are not going to give Him thanks. You're going to shut down the factory of thanksgiving. Because you're gonna be filled with doubt. Well, I no, don't no, no, no know about that, God. If you begin to doubt here, is secondly, God's power, you might think in your mind. You might think, okay, that's a good suggestion. God does want things to happen for me for good, but God, you just don't have the power to pull it off. You know, some wrong with your power. Your power's a little suspect. You hadn't come through for me before, and I'm doubting now whether or not you really can come through. And when you start thinking like that, Thanksgiving going to shut down. You're not going to give God thanks. When you doubt God's power, when you doubt God's uh, word, When you doubt God's wisdom, if God tells you that this is ultimately going to work out for your good, even though it's breaking your heart, even though you're crying, even though you can't see it, if you doubt the wisdom that God knows what's best for you, you're not going to give him thanks. If in all things he's at work for my good and this has happened and you start questioning Whether or not God knows how to bring something good out of even this. Man, I remember years ago, young boy, man, Joker's man used to come in my house, man, like it was regular. They came in for stereo equipment and TVs and things. I was living in another community then. And I said, you know, I went and got milk gone. I said, God, you a little slow here, so I'm gonna help you out. Next time Pookie come in here, I got a surprise for him. And Pookie came right back in there. <laughs> I said, Godly. I said, I said, no, I said, this ain't what I need to do. I need to trust you. And you, you got to learn to trust God in all things. He'll work it out. The, the second the, the, the second Thing that can block this, the, the, the springboard of allowing thanksgiving and joy and prayer to spring from your life is selfishness. Man, there are a lot of people in this world who got good smiles, got good a lot of stuff, but they selfish. And a, and a, and a selfish person says to God in essence, no, listen, yeah, you're you all right, but I can do it better. Gonna, I want you to come off the throne and put me up there and, and let me take charge of my life and I'll show you how it needs to happen. Selfish people put themselves first and, and they have ascribed to the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. And, and everybody else can get out of the way and everything else that anybody else wants to do it's just not going to happen because it's not the way I see it. And if I can't see it, then it can't be done. And so selfishness will shut down Thanksgiving. How many know it's the truth? You know anybody like that? I mean, don't, I ain't going to beat you up bad today. If I do, I'll heal you before we go. But selfishness, I want it my way. I want it my way, and I want it my way now. I'm not content with the way things have been. And God, I want you to change that right now by letting me do it my way. The third blocker or deterrent from giving thanks that cause even Christians to shut down. Is worldliness. We live in this world and we see things and we pursue things we pursue pleasure we pursue material things things that we want and and, and we think that in the world the way to win is the one who has the most toys. And as long as I'm gathering them in and raking in, then I am winning. And we are drifting because you're becoming more and more like the world around you and less like the God that you want. You know what really happens to people who get hung up in worldliness? See, they really have had a dream somewhere in their mind. That they wanted a relationship with this person or that person, and it didn't happen. And so bitterness set in. Or they thought that they should have achieved some level of accomplishment, and it didn't happen. Or they thought that they should have acquired something. I remember right here in the city. I know, I've known several, but I'll just give this one example of a young man who played great ball in high school, and great ball in college but he didn't get drafted and his other buddies that were less of an athlete than he was got drafted and bitterness set in and it just turned him around and i've seen people it manifested itself in different ways but it all comes from the same thing i pursued something that i did not get my hand around and consequently now I want to be like the world and I can't give thanks because God didn't do it like I thought. There's a fourth spring that blocks thanksgiving and joy and prayer. And that is to be the kind of person who has a critical spirit. I, I, I listen, I know there are some folk, man, I, I don't want to hurt nobody, please, I'm trying not to do that. But I know some folk who are good at gold, yeah, they, 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 they go to this and they do that and they're very dutiful and they do all these things, but they mean as hell. <laughs> Nothing is ever right. They criticize everything. And because it's not the way I think it ought to be, you know, then then, 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 then they, they, they criticize this, they, they, they criticize their children, they criticize their spouse, they criticize the work environment, they criticize the church, they criticize the world, everything. Nothing is ever right. And when you got a critical spirit like that, where Thanksgiving going to come from? You can't give God thanks if you see it this way and God sees it that way. What, what, what happens to people who have a, a, a critical spirit is they become they become over-analytical. They overthink things and they overanalyze it so much so that they got to find what's wrong with it. This might be all right, but that ain't right. This may be okay. It might get back, but that ain't right. And, and consequently, that there, there can't be no, no joy. There can't be no prayer. And there can be no thanksgiving in, in, in that kind of thing. And, and, and number five is impatience. Ooh. Ooh. Impatience. Can't wait. I ain't got time. Now, I gotta be honest with you, sometimes I'm impatient. I get behind a slow vehicle and I'm trying to go somewhere. Now, my patience is not good. I had to pray there, now, Lord help me, help. Keep me under control. Two more minutes won't make that big a difference. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about impatience with God. I'm talking about impatient with life. I'm talking about can't see the plan of God can't understand that a process is in, is taking place, and it's going to take a little time to get me to where I need to go. (laughs) And because we can't, we can't. You know we got it bad. Y'all know it's the truth. Man, we log on the internet. That thing don't come right up. Man, what's wrong with this whole thing? It's so slow. We put food in the microwave, and it don't hurry up and get it hot. Well, let me put this in the oven. <laughs> when you going to grow up? <laughs> when you going to mature? <laughs> and we become impatient at everything. We can we we can't we can't see it. We can't see that God is working on this child. That God is working on this spouse. That God is working in this plan and God is gonna get there he knows what it takes but you know we become impatient with people We think we look at people and they're not as perfect as we want them to be and the situation that they're doing is not what we like and we not only criticize it but we complain about it and we become impatient that God you made a mistake how in the world you gonna use them for your glory and they can't even stand up straight Man, we got a church full of folk that all of us need to have some patience with. And we need to be patient. We need other people to be patient with us. How many know somebody need to be patient with you? Aren't you glad that God waited a little while? Aren't you glad that God's not through? Aren't you glad that you're still a work in progress? You know, he's not done with me yet. The old song, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. But when God gets through, I shall come forth as pure gold. And but I've heard it, man. I, I promise you, I've heard it. I've heard it come from parents. You just like your old daddy. You just like your old mama. You ain't gonna never be nothing. Wait a minute, be patient. Give him a chance. It him not turn out yet. Yeah. God is not through. And impatience keep people from giving thanks. Impatient poisons the spring that keeps people from letting joy flow or causing prayer to well up in one's heart. So it's impatience. Well, there's another one. Number six. And it's called coldness. Ooh. And you already know that people who are cold can't pray can't, can't give God thanks because they want to pour cold water on everything what you shouting about <laughs> what you happy about good morning now, I'm telling you this morning The young man you know, went to the McDonald's and he spoke to the girl good morning she's hollering back at him what's so good about it and he looked back at her he said baby you're alive <laughs> it's a good day You don't know what's going to yet happen. God is not done yet. But you got some cold-hearted people. You got cold-blooded people. You got people who have, maybe somebody said, well, I'm not so cold. No, you lukewarm. And lukewarm is just as bad as being cold. Isn't that what the Lord said about the church in Laodicea? I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you lukewarm, you make me sick. Oh man, yeah, a lot of people, man, that are just cold, yeah. have no mercy, no sympathy, no sorrow, no concern for us, so they cannot give thanks. Man, I looked around at the Congress this week, it just made me pray because I know that that was a group of those who were ready to take the sword and to cut poor people out. Cut people down. Make sure they don't have no student loans. Make sure that they ain't got no social security. Make sure that they don't get no welfare. Make sure that they get food stamps. They go to work. Make sure all of these things. And yet they know they don't know nothing about what this poverty is like because they've never had to experience it. And there are a lot of insensitive people because you have not walked in somebody else's shoes and you don't know what another person going through. It's a dangerous thing to try to judge somebody and look down at somebody else if you've not walked a mile in their shoes. Coldness, spiritual coldness will cause people not to be able to give thanks. And then number seven, there's just outright rebellion. There are people who are just rebellious. I'm not happy and I'm not going to tell you thank you. I don't care what you say, I'm going to be mad and I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say thank you. I'd rather choke than to say thank you. Or there are people who give some little nebulous thought of thanks. You know, well, I thank you for God. Thank God for this. You know, that the truck missed me. But that's not, that doesn't qualify as thanksgiving. Some little, little prayer that is not directed at God doesn't qualify as thanksgiving. What qualifies as thanksgiving is when it springs from the heart that there is a sincere gratitude for understanding I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. I was sinking to rise no more, but... The master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me now safe am i love lifted me and when i realized it was god's love that brought me then i can tell him thank you you look around you look around you look around at me today and there are people who can't stand it but let me tell you something what i understand that when you see a turtle on a post you know somebody put him there I didn't put myself here. God put me here. And what God puts, you can't take away. No matter what you think about it. No matter how you feel about it. What God chooses to bless. Here's what I want to say to you in the seconds that remain. Listen, if you can't give God thanks because you have doubt and you're selfish and And because you got caught up in the world or because you're critical or because you're impatient or because you're cold or because you just rebellious, you are sinning. You are rebelling against the very command of God. God says right here in his word, give thanks in everything. And if you choose to sit down on your thanksgiving, then you are telling God that I don't care what you say or what you mean, I'm not going to give it to you. And I tell you, if you do that, you are an unbeliever. got to learn to look around and look at your life in a different way. Man, you can give God thanks for everything. Woke up this morning, the first words out of my mouth were, thank you. Rolled to the side of the bed. Had to sit there for a minute. But I said, thank you. Got on up, went to the restroom, and the equipment was still working. I said, thank you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. You don't hear me because there was a time when I know what it wouldn't do, but I know what the Lord has done. Are you hearing me? I was able to shave myself this morning, baby, and I told him, thank you. There was a time when my brother Skip said, let me shave you because I couldn't shave myself. I said, no, man, I ain't going back to surgery, so I'll do it. I'll just wait. Thank you. Thank you. Driving at the church, thank you. Walking in the door, hearing Zion songs, thank you. Looking at a place to sit, thank you. Having a pulpit to stand in, thank you. Looked around that the family was okay, thank you. Had enough change of clothes that I could have worn whatever I wanted to wear, thank you. Had money in my pocket, thank you. Thank you. Had a choice of food to eat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you can't tell God thank you. Something wrong. Something wrong. Something wrong. Thank you. Lift my hand. Lift my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And I don't mind telling him, thank you. for Every good and perfect gift, thank you. Because I know where it's come from, come from him. Hadn't always been good, hadn't always done it right. But thank you for wrapping me in your love. Thank you for wrapping me in your mercy thank you for keeping me by your power oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endureth forever and his truth endureth to all generations thank you God can you just say thank you in everything give thanks go home today When you get there, instead of cussing him, say thank you. When you get there and you got somewhere to lay down, say thank you. When you got something else to eat, say thank you. Whatever, walk around in the house. It might not be but two rooms, but tell him thank you. Because you could be on the street, but thank you. Go to the refrigerator, pull open the door, and just tell him thank you. Something in there might not be all that I want, but something in there, thank you. Look at your children and say thank you. Still got a hard head, but thank you. Got to learn to say it. Got to learn to mean it. Got to spring from the depth of you. And when you do that, you'll know that you are a child of God. Lord, I lift my eyes. Lord, I lift my hand. Come on, total praise. Come on, bring it on. Listen at this great melody right here. This combination of beautiful melodious songs together that will cause us to tell the Lord thank you doors of the church open doors open now decision time somebody may want to come today somebody want to give their heart to God somebody may want to tell him thank you not just in word but in deed come today by letter. A Christian experience, candidate for baptism. Door's open. This is your moment. Your home call to prayer line. Your
2: peace.
1: I've got a reason to tell him thank you.
0: to a message from the Greatest Shallow Missionary Baptist Church where we are Reaching the World for Christ located at 2135 Jefferson Avenue, Southwest, Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatershallow.org. For an uplifting message, please join us for the next broadcast.